Hello and welcome to Reptile Living Room Radio. I am your host, John F. Taylor. We recently had an opportunity to um, go to Thousand Oaks and hang out with Jules Sylvester, who, if you're not sure who he is, he's done uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh, Snakes on a Plane, Lemony Snicket, um, True Grit, basically got about 300, 400 movies and uh, various uh television credits to his name like CSI gosh I don't even know how many TV shows the guy's done and commercials and what have you basically we wanted to talk to him about animal wrangling for Hollywood and not even Hollywood at all but just animal wrangling in general and it was just an awesome experience to hear uh, some of the stories about working with some of the people and some of the things that he's done so uh, as always we are brought to you tonight by um, Golden Gate Geckos Marsha McGinnis uh, breeding the finest in African fat tail leopard gecko and coleonyx, as well as the Australian nephera species. So if you do get a chance, give her a tumble. That's Marsha McGinnis at GoldenGateGecko.com. Real simple. Give her a tumble, order your gecko, you'll be a happy camper. Enough said. And without further ado, we're going to turn it over. Um, we jump in kind of late on this uh, interview with uh, um, Jules. But it's still, you guys will get the gist of it. It's a really good time. Enjoy. Jeff Corbin makes all of his stuff funny. That's what it's I love funny watching stuff. about him. Oh, my God. I, 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 I've been watched his shows a few times, and when it was on, I said, that's actually pretty funny stuff. Yeah. You know, he gets up close to the elephant. I think we're trying to get a little closer. Whoa, too close, too close. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Okay. And then and we've got it. And we've then when he's 100 miles away, he yeah. stops in the face of the camera. He's like, can I go home and change my shorts now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, and it's not rehearsed. No, it's so just... But that's, it's the honesty of it, you know? Right. And that's what makes it so funny. Because it is working with animals, yes, it's a little hairy. Right. If you say you're not afraid, you're a liar. Right. You know, right. you should be afraid. <laughs> you, know, you look like a victim walking out there. Hey, <laughs> is that a rhino? Yeah. <laughs> Is he looking at us? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should we run? I think a quick saunter would be enormous. <laughs> no, don't just stand there, run. You know, so, you know, climb the nearest tree, get the hell out of Dodge, you know, because they're rhinos. I mean, they're, they don't show anything at all. You know, I've done tons of stuff with rhinos, and it's like, he, he doesn't look too happy right now. What do you think we should do? <laughs> what? And I'm like, got it. The cameraman's right behind me. All you have to do is beat the cameraman. And I don't think that's funny. The cameraman seems to be the sacrificial goat oh. for anything going you know, you on. You know what it is about this, all, the, all, this, all this TV stuff and everything with all the animals? It's the cameraman is the most brilliant person ever. <laughs> I mean, these guys are superb. Right. I mean, you got to know, we know what we're doing in theory. You know, right. We're, 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 yeah. Stand back here, I'll get the cobra. There's a cameraman, he's between your legs. Doing this shit, you know? And he's <laughs> yeah, like, look out everybody, mamba. And he do this stuff and the camera's like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> it's like, he's fine, that'll get edited out. Right. Yeah, but meanwhile, here you are, shh. Where's the cameraman? He's over here. Right. <laughs> it's, it's amazing stuff. These guys are really good. And they don't get credit. I mean, they did a couple of shows on the cameraman, you know, getting the shot. Right. Right. They never really. They should follow the cameraman following the snake guy. Right. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I've had a couple of guys. He's on his hands and knees, and I'm trying to catch this brown snake, and it got past me. And I said, "Don't move." He says, "Not moving." <laughs> over the backs of his legs, and I go, "Holy shit! You're right. Still not moving." <laughs> and it's just calm, 
you know, but brilliant stuff. Right, right. And that's the stuff that should be shown. Yeah. You know, show the whole thing. Film the guys filming the guys. You know? Right, right. It's, it's really brilliant stuff. I love that stuff. So how did you get into this industry at all? I mean, how did you become... You know, Joel Sylvester, Reptile Wrangler Extraordinaire. It, it was actually a very extraordinary thing. I was when I was 16, and I lived right next door to the Nairobi Snake Park in Kenya. When I say the next, next door, we're talking like 50 feet. There was a, <laughs> the museum, wow. there, the, the Nairobi Snake Park's on the other side of the road, and next door to it used to be the curator's house. Well, the curator had a house, so he didn't want that one. And my father worked for Lands and Settlement, okay. um, Agriculture Department. Right. So it was a government house, so we got to move into there. And I'm sitting on the veranda. I used to have bush babies, had these little Gallagher's. Right. Yeah, and I had dwarf mongoose and stuff. So I had this whole veranda full of cages. And I would look mm-hmm. my stuff. Look down the bottom of the garden, and there's about a 12 or 13 foot African rock pile that all curled up on the side of the swamp there. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, good. So I went over and knocked on the door of the snake park. I said, hey, you've got a big python down there. You guys want it? And they went, oh, yes. They jumped on the motorcycle. And the, the guy that was running the show there mm-hmm. I had a to go back to, I have a sister that's two years older than me she's a rather gorgeous looking chick so he was like I'll impress the hell out of her and he did it he went down and he dived down, he dived down the bay he'd Indiana Jones meets Crocodile Dundee he grabbed that pass and he rolled around the mud you know just oh he's hopping out of the swamp and it's like oh come on you know nowadays you just grab a shell and catch it right. put it in the sack he eventually got it in the sack with the help of three Africans got it and stuffed it into the bag tied it up put on the gas tank of his motorcycle and brought it back to the snake park. <laughs> I thought, well, that is a very cool job. I was very impressed. My sister thought he was stupid. I thought he was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in there and said, could I have a job? And they said, yeah, start cleaning your windows. And I said, that's great, from the inside. And it's like, um, I don't know anything about snakes. But you have to climb in, so the top was like a 10 by 10 cage. Had a lot of, um, I think mostly mole, mole snakes and mm-hmm. non-venomous stuff that all lived together. There's about 12 snakes in this big 10 by 10 thing. So you're climbing through the roof, okay. go down a ladder, and they take the ladder away so the snakes don't crawl up. Right. So I'm sitting over the bucket of water in a squeegee doing windows. I must have, I nearly wore the windows out because they came back about half an hour still <laughs> in the same spot. <laughs> I had snakes on my laps, and I was like, I, I nearly peed my pants. Oh, I, was I didn't know what the hell they were. You know, over the years, you just, you figure it out. But they wanted to see if I was going to break or not. And they used to pay me like two bucks a month. You know, a student helper, you know. Right. Give the boys some money. <laughs> thanks a lot so I did that for two years but I got really good at it and I started doing venom extraction in the evenings when I was 18 I used to work with James Ash and okay. James Ash is the guy that described the new spitting cobra that big giant spitting cobra right. from Kenya that was his cobra we used to get this in by the dozens those things were big mean nasty boogers and I got sent off to Scotland to get a better education oh. and that was a waste of time <laughs> And uh, I was in school there for about a year and a half, then left school, couldn't get back to Kenya because there was no work for me there. Okay. And I was 18 and a half, almost 19. I got a job as an apprentice taxidermist. It's the only job I could get with animals in Scotland. Wow. So I ended up stuffing ducks and house cats and people's pet canaries and things like that. It was just awful, awful job. That lasted about nine months till the guy ran off with my money, whatever money I had. So I ended up, I got a job at the Edinburgh Zoo as a lion keeper. So I did, I worked as a, yeah, another job with animals, right? So I worked as a lion keeper for uh, almost a year and a half, and then got an offer of the taxidermy, um, to, that's my bullfrogs, that's Frank. Isn't that great? Hi Frank. That's real. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Frank. What? Yeah. <laughs> 
So I got an offer of a, a taxidermy job in Rhodesia. It was not Zimbabwe. Right. And all I had to do was get there. So I sold, I had a whole collection of snake skins and paraphernalia that I got from Africa. And I sat mm. on the street corners after the worked at the zoo. I set up my little vending, had a, a piece of cardboard with black velvet on it, and I'd sell snake, snake skin headbands and wristbands to hippies. <laughs> and I, that was the way I could make some money. And I bought a one-way ticket as far as Ethiopia. Okay. So I got to Ethiopia. My parents had just moved to Ethiopia. I was 20 and change. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a hundred bucks for a 21st birthday present and sent me on my way. And I landed up in Zambia and then hitchhiked across into Rhodesia and got a job as the apprentice taxidermist. <laughs> so my job was to go to Botswana with the hunters, you know, professional hunting. Right. And skinning buffalo, lion, leopard, elephant, whatever they shot, I skinned. That got a bit depressing after a while. But yeah. I, was ca I was catching snakes instead, you know, on the right. And so they said, why don't you build a snake park at the back of the studio? Good idea. I was living in Victoria Falls. You know, perfect tourist place. Sure. I had uh, two 40 by 40 pits, cages all around like this. I had about 2,000 snakes in about three months. Yeah. A lot of snakes there. I was catching 14 to 20 snakes a day. Mambas, a lot of cobras, a lot of cobras. Right, right. In fact, it got to the point where I was throwing the Mozambique spitting cobras off the road at night. But I had a motorcycle, you drive down the road, slam on the brakes, run back with a flashlight. Right. Shit, spitting cobra, you grab it by the tail and go, wham! Right. Back it up into the bushes and go out and drive along catching pythons, uh, coral, you know, the aspidolaps, the shield nose snakes, the right. coral snakes. <clears throat> and uh, I did that for three or four years. Caught a lot of snakes. And uh, then I got drafted into the Rhodesian army because there was a war on. <laughs> That was, that was an interesting actually thing. I was looking for a cobra. I'd gone up towards the Botswana border on my motorcycle. I was way out in the boons, right along the Zambezi River, about 200 yards from the Zambezi River. And I saw this big dust track going across the road. It was a dirt road then. Mm -hmm. And it was a big fat cobra, the big um, uh, banded cobra. Okay. They call it annulifera these days. It used to be Najia Haji, you know, the right. Egyptian cobra. Now they call it banded cobra. And I thought, oh, I know what this is. And I put the bike in the bushes and I go tiptoeing off into the bush following this track. So I get about, shut up, Frank. <laughs> so I go about 100 yards off into the bush, and I hear, psst. I go, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I go remember we're in the middle of a war zone. There's right. A, there's a war, terrorist war going on. Same war, different place. You know? Right. And I hear, psst. And I go, what the hell is that? And I take another step, and I go, psst. And I look over, and there's a soldier, completely camouflaged, lying with a rifle pointed at me, and I go, uh, hi. He says, fuck off. <laughs> Why would you say that to me? I'm just walking around and like, fuck off, that's it? <laughs> and then I look up and there's three more soldiers about, you know, 20 yards apart. Fuck off, dude. And it's like, oh. I look around and he says, you're in the middle of a fucking ambush, asshole. <laughs> I came from the wrong way. I was supposed to be crossing in Zambia. You know, for the terrorist is coming from Zambia, Zambia. crossing into uh, the Zambezi and coming right. this way. They had tripwires everywhere, and except, except where I was, he says, "Follow your footsteps and fuck off." <laughs> right, fucking off. <laughs> Took her back. I didn't want that cobra anymore. And I was like, it was really unnerving. And yeah. I only saw three soldiers. Apparently, there were fifteen, all looking at me like, "What? Fucking idiot." Walking right into an ambush, and they're all white guys looking at me like, What a dipshit, man. <laughs> and I was like, Poor, oh, I'm 
didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't go wandering around the bush and right. you know, in South Africa down there and get blown up, you know? <laughs> that was a good lesson to learn. I didn't leave the road after that. Yeah, I can imagine so. And if I did, I went with people that knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I did that for a while and then I uh, did my stint in the army. Got, everyone got drafted into the army. I was catching snakes and giving lectures to the South African police and to the Rhodesian army. Right. Do a lot of lectures on that and how to deal with snake bite. Went back to Kenya and that did my first television show. That was that television show called Born Free with the lions and stuff. Right, and right. all the lions were trained right here on this property here. Really? And that's why I'm here now. Because <laughs> uh, the guy used to have all the lions here and when I left Africa after Born Free, I came over here mm -hmm. and uh, helped train lions and animals. I joined a circus, went across the country twice. In, in and out of Canada, illegally under bales of hay with straw on top of me. <laughs> I didn't have enough permits to go in and out of the country. <laughs> it, was, it was a great time. Ended well. up marrying a clown so I could stay in the country. <laughs> And I married a clown called Silly Millie. <laughs> Things you got to do to stay in the country. <laughs> I got married for forty-seven dollars and got divorced for fifty-three. <laughs> that was it. And then uh, my first big movie I did was um, Never Cry Wolf. It's a folly. I trained wolves right here. Went up to Alaska for six months. They came back and they just started that TV show BJ and the Bear. I don't remember about the chimp yeah. and the driver. I'm just flabbergasted that you did Never Cry Wolf. That's yeah. like one of my favorite all-time movies. Charlie Moat and, and you know with uh, Charlie Charlie Smith. Right. Charlie, yeah. He was the, the guy with the glasses eating little voles. And eating stuff. rats. Yeah. We trained all, all those voles we caught local. You know, they come out of the tent and goes, ah, and all these little things come running out. And I'm trying to catch them when they ran down my Wellington boots. And they go, ah! I did like a Zulu war dance out of do the duck a duck thing, you did running. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, but it was a wonderful experience. I mean, just working with it. I mean, the wolves were purebred wolves, running around in Alaska and, and the Yukon with these wolves. Beautiful shot film. Oh, and yeah. The film was was okay. It never really did as much as it should have done. It's a, it's an absolute classic. Oh, it is definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, but we did that for six months, and uh, we got a little credit at the end. You know, wolves were sort of sort of trained by these guys. And stuff. You jerk! The guy was an absolute jerk, the director. Mm. And uh, I actually worked with him again. I think I'm the only person who ever worked with him twice. <laughs> a chap called Carol Ballard. He did Black Stallion, mm. and I worked with him. And I did that movie Duma about a little boy and a cheetah about mm -hmm. seven years ago. Right. Yeah. I was in South Africa for six months, seven months training those cheetah. I had 23 cheetah altogether. <laughs> yeah, that was actually in Canada. That was a commercial actually. But that was yeah, that was same. You know. Same animal, same time of year. It was about another year later after that we went to, uh, to Africa to do that. Great, great, um, beautiful film. Also, you know, the same guy, what a jerk, you know, just drove you crazy. Wow. But, you know, it was, it was a beautiful, beautifully shot film. Of course, it didn't do very well again, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a classic, beautifully shot film. But right. they, want, they want to hear, you know, beautifully shot is one thing, but they want to see a story, you know, without right. being bored out of your gourd, you know. Yeah. It was born through the spots is what it was. It was like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and so up to date right now, I've done about 370 odd films. I have no idea how many commercials and TV shows. I've I've just, you know, probably a thousand. I don't know. I have no idea. And you've actually made appearances on... Um CSI, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did a couple of those, yeah, with that Cobra. <laughs> with the Cobra one, oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can you have more of a Texas accent, Jules? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're from England. 
I'm actually from Kenya. Well, today you're from England. All right, okay. That'll do just fine. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Yeah. Send money. Exactly. <laughs> did a, I did a couple of appearances on that, and um, I, I do a lot of actually appearances on all these shows, but you never really know who I am because it's the back of my head usually grabbing something or my hand shoots into shot and grabs a snake or right you know I've actually had actors standing here like this milking a, a rattlesnake <laughs> but their hands are in there in the back pockets my arms are underneath right. them and it's like <laughs> underneath their armpits and it's like he's doing very well but he's got such short arms it's <laughs> one of the cheap movies you know it's like here I am and this guy's I'm trying to see it. The video camera's like, shit, I don't bite the fingers. Yeah, really? I can't see it. His arms are like this. The guy's like... <laughs> and you also did uh, Lemony Snicket. Yeah. How was that? To... That was actually fun. I really it looked it. like it. It was fun. We had one set and had all these snakes in cages and I had like six guys working for me. Uh, and uh, Jim Carrey was... He's, I, I, like I love that much. movie. It's so funny. He's such a jerk in that movie, you know. Right. And he yeah. came in as a snakeologist, which I, I use right. that word snakeologist. I'm a snakeologist. And I, I saw him and I was like, is that you, Mr. Carey? And he goes, yeah. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> but I had to look at him. He's like, what are you looking at? Right. He's like, Jim, are you in there? <laughs> and he just, but he, he changed the character. It's so amazing. Right. Right. I, I find him absolutely fascinating character. He's a very, very good, good actor. I, I like working with him. Hmm. And the other guy I like working with is Billy Connolly. Okay. The crazy Scotsman, you know. The, right. The uncle, whatever he was. Mm-hmm. He and I actually worked for the same guy. The guy that ripped me off in Scotland mm-hmm. was also his agent at the same time. <laughs> I didn't know why he was ripping me off. He was stealing my money to take Billy Connolly to the next step up. You know, he was using nice. my money. I said, do you join my cash? And he was like, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> So now, uh, are there any actors that you've worked with that have actually um, actually have an affinity for reptiles, or had developed one after working with you? Yeah, I think actually talking of Billy Connolly, he absolutely fell in love with these the, the albino pythons. Really, and a lot of the actors that I work with, um, in fact, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of them, because they're actors, they're professional liars. Right, that's what they do. So I'll show them a few things on how to work the snake. You can't feed. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And they they do it, and they put the snake down. And you see, they go, oh, fuck! That was really good. They lied right to your face, and they can they walk it right through, and you believe that they are they know exactly what they're doing. Right. That's what makes them actors. You know, right. you and I will go. I don't think it's good. You want to go off? Ah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> you done it before? Oh, yeah, all the time. It's like no. But um, these guys are really good. Right. So. I like working with actors, especially when they listen, and 99% of them do. Okay. They listen about snakes because they don't really know what to do with them. Right. They have to trust somebody. It might as well be you. Right. And you know, one of the deals is, well, the reason I got hired is because I'm really good at this shit. So yeah. they have to trust the production company. They hired not the third and fourth grade guys. You want the, right. the top guy. And luckily, I'm right in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, two or three of us up there that are pretty good about it. We've been doing it a long time. Right. So it's, reputation helps a lot. Oh, yeah. And that's why you don't want to get bitten on camera. Right. How many times have you bitten? I saw him bleed the other day. He was like, no. Right. If you get bitten by a snake, the hand goes in the pocket. Right. Well, I think it's tea break, isn't it? And then yeah. he walks off and he's like, is he all right? Well, he wants his tea right now. <laughs> <laughs> and next time you see him, he's got a limp or a bandage on his finger. Slammed it in the door, you know. Yeah. And he's like, really? 
they exactly. don't need to know because you cannot because the reputation gets dented right. by bleeding on the set and it's like oh my god I don't want to be around him and scare the shit out of me you know? right which you know rightly so right right now um, for actually one of my co-workers uh, who loved the film Snakes on a Plane yeah <laughs> big city picture I loved it too I had so much fun that was just a stupid bloody movie it was great <laughs> was it really oh I had so much fun when I heard that this movie was actually going to be produced, I was like, you got to be kidding me. You and me both, man. Somebody's actually... And yeah, they actually put money behind it, and lo and behold... And it, it did you know, well. And it does well. <laughs> you know, and they, they actually they put it online, and of course they said, is there anything you guys would want to see? You know, left it out open. That's, right, you know, right. No surprise here. It's called Snakes Domain. Guess what it's about? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone says, uh, they want this. They want a guy getting bitten on the pecker. Okay. <laughs> How about we need to see you more boobs, more blood? Okay, you got that. So we got <laughs> boobs coming out. You know, you know, people getting laid in the bathroom and stuff. And of course, you know, the tongue biting and the biting in the eye, right. the bag, and all this stuff. All these people. This is all stuff that came out on the web. Unbelievable. You know, these all emailed in. I want to see someone puke and the snake comes out of the bag. Okay. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> what was it like working with uh, Jackson? He's a really good guy. Really? Yeah, his okay. agents were absolutely petrified. <laughs> he was not allowed to be have any snakes on the set when Samuel was working. Really? Because they thought the snakes were going to kill him. You know, so he goes, whatever. You know, his agents were like mortified. They're going right. to lose their meal ticket, you know. Actually, between takes and at lunchtime, he'd come around and see the snakes and handle them. He was fine. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the impression was that, is he afraid of snakes? No, he's not. he likes them very much. He's right. actually very good with the snakes. You know, and I've done pickup shots of him afterwards where he's sitting in the toilet of the airplane seat, <laughs> pants down by his ankles, and he put like 12 snakes around his ankles. Nice. And he's reading a People magazine with his picture on the floor. Of course. Yeah. Snakes on a plane, yeah. And it was a great shot. I don't know if it ever came out. It was right. one of those kind of fun shoots. But he's, he's really good at snake. And I liked him very much. He's a very honest, honest actor, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I liked him. Now, as far as the actors... Um you know, actors that weigh 220 pounds and, you know, have scales for skin, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they're 12 feet long. Yeah. How are you able to keep control of these things while, you know, you have, because I've been on a couple of movie sets, yeah, you know, yeah. a couple of various times in my life. There's a lot of crap going on. Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, How are you able to focus on what you're supposed to be doing and versus, watching the other you folks, know, yeah. watching other folks, what they're doing, because, you know, they could, you know, trip over a cable or a it water. Or, be, I mean, yeah. just, there's just so much that could happen. Yeah. How do you keep track? Well, it's, uh, for example, you know, when they're sitting in the airline seats and there's snakes everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what we do, we section off, we say, okay, we can only put snakes in so many places because okay. otherwise it's just chaos. Right. So we take seven rows of seats mm -hmm. and the camera's in the aisle. Okay. So how do we make that safe? So we block off behind the eighth row of seats, mm -hmm. you know, cardboard it off and we seal every little hole everything you can get in you know, an aircraft you look around the aircraft there's holes everywhere and you go oh my yeah. god I never really thought about it until you start going there right. so every hole you can put your pinky finger into it had a bit of tape over it okay. then we sealed up the seats underneath because the cushions are there right. and there's holes everywhere you go oh my god so we seal all that up and uh, so the snakes are going to be on the seats for the actors and they're all non-venomous nice snakes you know, right. rat snakes corn snakes things like that and then to stop them from sliding up onto the track because the camera's going up and down and people right. are stepping on them we cut like a, a foot and a half of plexiglass and that was put up against the seats so you don't see it but right. it is there and that was a, just basically a blocker for anything going on the floor right. stayed there and it was just one two three four five six and that was the shot 
Akka. Um, Everybody freeze. Pick up the snakes, recount them. Recount. And there's always, you know, and it, I, someone's always got to be a smartass. Wait, there's one missing. Yeah, there's always one. And I said, I, you know, and I tell, it, tell everybody on the set, no practical jokes, because that's where people get hurt. You know, I've seen right. people freak off and jump off ladders and break legs. And oh stuff. yeah, totally. So I said, let us catch the snakes up. Don't start bullshitting us, because the, the, the first person that yells snake and starts teasing somebody, I'm going to poke his eye out. Right. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're taking that seriously, very seriously, yeah. So, um, you know, I told one guy, one of my guys, actually Marco, mm-hmm. yeah, I said, Marco, you're going to count the snakes going out, and I said, and when they go back in, you're going to count them going back in. Do you understand? Yeah. Nobody else, just you count them out, and you count them back in. You know how many mm-hmm. you have. Okay. So, we got them all? Yes, sir. How many snakes went in? 47. How many have we got now? 47? <laughs> no. No, no, no. No question mark. So, no, no, 47. It was like, ah, I don't believe the bastard. So, we go back in the snake house, start counting. Right. One, two, three, and it starts fudging. It's like, how many? I have to start again. That's right. Start again. Right. Get down. 46. Oh, uh, Jules, are you on the radio? Yeah. We found the other one. I knew it! He's like, you bastard. And he got inside the cushion. He'd been in the cushion there. Just a corn snake. He's right. So we we only lost one for ten minutes on the whole time we were there. Right. But the reason we didn't, because we shot in sections. Mm-hmm. And everything was choreographed. So if, when the actors jump up, run down there, go whack with a tray, right. and take off. We had rubber snakes, a fake snake that was a choreographer, a, a, um, a puppeteer. Right. And the rest were rubber snakes, and the rest were CGI. And then anything live was actually hung on... Mm-hmm. on the backs of seats away from the actor that's running okay so everything everyone knew exactly what they were doing and there's right. always one trainer with two people with the snakes don't mm-hmm. get you if it drops on the floor try and keep it that way until the actor's gone but it's only three or four seconds so you should be fine you know I mean right. never, never lost a snake wow and when you put a pile on the floor what you don't see behind the scenes is cardboard off so right. the stairs and there's only one that can be that's right there you know right and that makes it easier now how CGI affected your industry um, actually I thought it was going to do a lot of damage but actually it helps us more than anything really yeah I, I was really surprised how much it did you got a cobra that's supposed to strike it or a rattlesnake supposed to strike somebody in the face mm-hmm. and it's like oh brother and they said no no we just we need the snake just rattling if we can get a strike towards camera that's great and we do the strike to the side strike to the front mm-hmm. next time you see it there's an actor in there it's like where the hell did he come from <laughs> and they just it's, you know we did a split screen thing I did a movie called The Island Right. We're an um, um, English actor. I never. Um, Ewan McGregor mm-hmm. comes out and he's goes, Oh, what's that? And he stares at this Western Diamondback rattlesnake. He's like six inches from his face, and this thing is thoroughly pissed off. Right. But what it was, you just don't cross that plane. The snake is here, and they shoot from the angle, and they just draw a line in the sand. As long as he doesn't cross that line, he's fine. But the camera's locked off. So you have the rattlesnake here, and I'm pissing off the snake here just by being there. Right. He goes, shh. Mm-hmm. Okay, cut. Take the snake away. Don't disturb anything. You take the snake away. You and come in, and he's on this side. Don't cross that plane. Closer, closer, right there. So now you're that far away from the snake's nose if, if it was there. Right. And he goes, and they have a little dot. That's where he's looking at. That's right. where the snake's head was. And he goes, ooh. He was right. over there. Two separate shots, and the, right. everything's the same. The film is put together, and everything's the same. It's wow. very clever. And CGI, they can. It still looks fake. 
Yeah, it yeah. does. Thank goodness. Which yeah, is good. <laughs> exactly. Which is good, but they still need the movement. They still need the snakes to establish the fact that there. Then they can, like, um, um, true grit. Oh, okay. Those are my snakes down there in the hole there. Oh, really? They were okay. mostly gopher snakes in Texas, rat snakes. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, especially in the rib cage, and they we did the rib cage stuff, and then they wanted snakes. Can they hold them by the tail? So they got them going like this in one particular direction. I go. It's kind of hard because there's no training with snakes. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they all do, how about just one snake at a time? They do it this way, and then it went this way, and this way. So they had the snakes going, and they just added more snakes. Wow. And then when you saw the bite, I said, do you want to bite on the fake hand? No, no. Okay. So when you saw True Grit, the snake on the hand was like, that's not a bite. That was pretty damn boring. I don't know if you saw the movie. But no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very dull. Okay. And, and we had a, a Texas rat snake. We just dying to bite somebody. Yeah. You know? And we had, we had some great fake hands, you know. Just right. Put it in there. Wham. Oh. Do it again. Wham. Oh. Do it six times. No, no. It just rested. It. it was a gopher snake and they made its head big and it just looked like unknown rattlesnake. It was kind of silly. Mm. But, you know, we had the potential of doing it, but sometimes they goof it up and they right. always, always, always have a stupid snake with his teeth sticking out. And it's like, what? I said, please don't do that. But no, it, it, it's got to be scary. Okay, there's nothing more frightening than a snake just stare right at you. Yeah. And that tongue comes out. Yeah. I'm more frightened. It's like, I think I'm like, oh, is that you Dracula? You might want to put this back in back chair. Yeah. Might chip your teeth there, buddy. And it's like... Anyway, so it is what it is, but it actually does help us. It saves us getting into really bad situations with actors. Right. We'll, we'll put that in later. Okay. We're out of here. Exactly. We'll go coffee, right? Okay. <laughs> We're out of here. Now, what dangers are involved in uh, wrangling with animals on um, set? Yeah, I think the dangers are, depending on the animal. Um, we're working with snakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the dangers are not the animals. It's the actors. Right. The unpredictability of humans. We know what the snake's going to do. Right. You know, will the snake go from here down there? No, he'll probably go up. Right. Okay, what if the actor walks by? He'll be just fine, provided he goes there. Right. But if he deviates, he's going to be too close. He might frighten the snake. He might get a shot in the face. We don't want that. No, we don't. So you go over there. Do not deviate. Mm-hmm. I've, I've ruined many a shot step to him. Go on the shot. Bite me. Yeah, exactly. so to speak yeah. <laughs> they don't realize they just saved the actor's face you know right so better to ruin a shot than to ruin the guy's face you know? oh yeah so you know we just have to be very precise mm-hmm. uh, and that's it you know I haven't lost an actor yet that's have a good thing got bitten? <laughs> we've done a lot of actors but it's like everything else do it properly the first time because the mistake is a doozy you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know <laughs> it could be your yeah. last yeah when you fix the brakes you do it properly you know right yeah Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Don't give it to the kid next door because he's got a wrench. You know. Don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very basically what it is. Yeah. Now, how would um, someone break into this field of you know animal handling, animal wrangling at all? It's very, very difficult. Uh, that's that goes without saying because right. You know, um, it was easy. Everybody be doing it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> once you've got it there, you know we have to be union members. Okay. I'm, I'm with the Teamsters Union, which is basically you know I'm a driver. But the Teamsters were horse wranglers at first, you know, the wagons. The right. And uh, for some reason they lumped wild animal trainers. I'm classified as a wild animal trainer, even right. though, you know, because I do lions and snakes. So they get into that. So the, the union, so we get, you know, um, 
they have to pay out dues every month and all that sort of stuff. And wow. It's, it's, it's so complicated. Right. You know, but you've got to go through the hoops. I just signed my son up, but he has to do 30 days before he starts paying the full amount. Mm-hmm. But every, he has to, if he works 30 days, then he can be a full member of the union. That means he gets medical and all this sort of stuff and um, pension plan and everything. But he's 18, you know, it's not a pension plan. It's like, wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> but, you know, it all helps. But that's what unions are for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... But getting into the business is very, very difficult. Right. If you don't know somebody, because there's so many volunteers coming from Moorpark College. Oh, okay. There's exotic animal training and management at Moorpark College. Oh, really? Okay. So... Right. Because they, you know, you do two years of picking up poo and training an animal in a cage. It never comes out of the cage because you could get hurt. And it's like, oh, for God's sake... <laughs> You know, they train lions. I'm a lion trainer. No, you trained that lion and it never came out of the cage. You know, it goes from A to B. Well, it's been doing that for 12 years. Right. You know, you're going to do it anyway whether you're there yeah, or not. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of a bogus thing. So they come out of there, they know all about it. Right. They really know nothing about it. Because when you get an animal at the end of a leash, the whole the rules are off. Everything's changed, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like eunuchs yeah. and a harem. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they've seen it done for years. But yeah, I'd love to do it. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. Exactly. You know, well, you know, they'll, they'll tell you, oh, I can train it. It's because they have a brain that goes to the stomach. And if it's hungry, it'll come to it if, as long as you've done it, re- you know, repeat enough. Oh, he's got your jacket. Right. <laughs> you know, and if a lion gets your jacket, he will kill you. Right. You know, it's his jacket. Yeah. Get your jacket back. You get it. Exactly. So, you're sit up there, like that. so coming out of Moorpark College doesn't do any good for you. <laughs> no, it really doesn't because um, you know they come out of Moorpark College, like they know how to feed and clean. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's a pretty good start. Now you can start feeding and cleaning here, right? Because they have no idea how to work. Right. They're, they're not workers. They're they're college grads. It's great. Mm-hmm. But you know, oh dear, you want to stop for lunch? I'm I'm sorry. You know, it's um, it's twenty minutes down the road there. Mm-hmm. You might want to bring a packed lunch next time because it's a drag. It's forty minutes out of your lunch. Going right. Down, you know. But they don't know how to clean properly. Oh, they clean too much. You know, there's, mm. you know, they're fiddling. And it's like, no, man, I've got all these to do in one day. Might want to get cracking. Right. And it's like, well, um, they they have no idea how to work. Mm-hmm. You know. And I said, this is not a museum. It's not a zoo. This is a working shop. Move it. Put everything on the floor. We'll sweep it up later. And they're trying to be neat and you know, and writing little notes and. Throw the notes out the door, okay? It doesn't mean anything, okay? I don't read notes. Right. <laughs> Looks good, right? Yeah, good. <laughs> On your how much he ate today? I don't care, no. I know how much he ate. I fed him. You know? Right. I've been doing this for a long time. I know you're one of these snakes, you know? So mm-hmm. you have to stop that anal college mm-hmm. thing going on. And it doesn't matter whether you fed him because uh, the call time has now changed. We're now working tomorrow. Ooh. But I just fed him. Yeah, I know. What are we going to do about it? Figure it out. I'll be back. And it's like, that's why we have four snakes that look alike. Right. Can't use that one. We just fed it. Right. So put them in the back burner. You take the other three. Mm-hmm. Because you can't take... Well, one of them is pregnant. Well, we can't use that one either. Mm-hmm. I went down to two. We need three. We have to call someone and borrow another one. You know, so... <laughs> right. But, you know, that idea of them having to figure that stuff out, you can't teach that. Right. That just comes with experience. So right. That's the problem. So you need someone to work with you. Cleaning cages probably two years, but zero money. It sucks. Right. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, that's basically it. Start at the bottom. Well, you know, as in any industry, yeah, start at the know, bottom, work your way it's up. It's an apprenticeship that really sucks. There's no money. <laughs> and you can come along for the ride if you want. You can help out, and I'll get you lunch. 
Right. Ooh, Willie, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch. We get to eat, boys. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. But it is very hard to get in. Right. Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't recommend it for a living because I don't know how long it's going to last. That yeah. Between you and me, I think computerization. I mean, even the actors are worrying about. You know, they're everything's been shortened down. I mean, now our crew used to be 150. Now it's down to about 60. Really? You know, just they don't need. You know, they've got video assist. They've got camera guys. They've got playback they got all this stuff they don't need to see wow off the stuff yeah wow but camera guys will always be there so right become a camera man. <laughs> become a camera guy yeah. oh, I want to do all the job. everybody wants to direct so don't go that way <laughs> yeah now are there um, how many I guess how many animals do you work with now currently um, I've got about 200 reptiles in here okay and I've, what I've actually pared it down to the stuff that actually works Okay. You know, you can have all kinds of things. I mean, I used to have my cobras here, mm-hmm. but they, you know, I had two species of cobras, and of course they want the third species, you know, like, yeah. Right. So I had, you know, the, the monocle cobra, the standard Indian cobra, then I had the banded Egyptian cobra, which we used on James Bond. Mm-hmm. But then they want the Legionnaire's cobra, you know, nice and black one. I said, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> so I got, you know, you can't win. So <laughs> what I do now is I got rid of the cobras. Because okay. my guy Marco is not qualified to handle them, and our antivenom keeps running out of date, you know, and it's like, well, if I have the cobras, I have to have the antivenom, and it's become more apparent. They work once a year, mm-hmm. and I can borrow them from a mate of mine. And right. I, I'll do that. Right. So I'll give him one third of the rental, and I keep the other. So it works out much better that right. way. Right. Right. Now, how do you get qualified to work with venomous stuff on a movie set? You have to work for two years for free. <laughs> it, it all comes back to, you know, you can't just walk in and say, oh, I'm a snake handler. That's very nice. Right. I'm a racing car driver, too. <laughs> How did I know that? I, you should have seen me last week. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you, you cannot. You have to have experience, and they have to have it, have it written down. Written down. Fish and Wildlife wants to know, too. That's what I was going to ask you yeah. next is how does that work with all the with the permits and stuff? With the permits, you have to have experience and they have to have it written down. Who trained you? Where we trained? You know who, what, what, where, and why? Right. I worked for this gentleman here that had the lions and stuff. I worked with him for on and off as a freelance handler for what fifteen years. But he also, you know, wrote that Jules had been working with snakes since he was sixteen and came from Kenya. For some reason, if you come from Kenya, you must know everything about animals. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, good for me. Which is great. And then they say, we'd like to talk to him. And they go, hello, this is Jules Sylvester. And you put on a little bit of a South African accent. He's from Africa, you know. <laughs> oh, then he knows all about animals. If you're Australian, you must have known all about crocodiles. That's right. Terrific. I'm all about crocodiles. Yeah. So, you know, that helps a lot. Wow. But it, it's all, you know, it's on the whim of fish and game. Right. You know. And we, we try and get a healer monster. I've got permits for mambas, cobras, rattlesnakes cotton mouths, copperheads, anything nasty you can have. I would like a permit for a healer monster. And the guy's on the other end of the phone, I don't know who he is at the other end, some Chinese guy at the other end. Says, you know, of course, that healer monsters are very venomous. Well, there's a duh factor right there. He's <laughs> like, what gave you a hint on that one? Have you, are you looking at my permit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's back up one more. Um, are you yeah. looking at my permit? And I, I, the temptation to say... Listen, I've been working with venomous reptiles full-time for 45 years. That's longer than you have been alive! And I'm not, you know, I just want to just... Oh, my God! But you're dealing with a guy that came out of college, 
Again. <laughs> and worms in the Hawaiian zoo mm-hmm. as a reptile keeper. There were two snakes there. Right. <laughs> Both confiscated for some poor son that decided to bring him to Hawaii. And now he's the reptile expert. Mm. And it was his idea that people should have permits, you know, this and that. And every time a snake gets loose, another permit comes up. You know, it's the same old Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we were under the beck and cry of Adolf Chinaman up there in Sacramento Fish and Wildlife. He decides that people should not have Gila monsters as pets. Right. And that's that. So I said, well, I've had a lot of experience. I need a letter. Okay. The guy that trained me, he died. <laughs> like I said, I need a letter. From a dead man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you just... He's... But the initiative is not... He hasn't thought this through. <laughs> it says here you need a letter from the person who taught you. He's dead. Repeat. <laughs> you know, so... So what do you want me to do? I could say, Oh, yes. I'll get one. <laughs> Dear sir, <laughs> Mr. Sylvester, stars, explosions, is a wonderful healer monster raiser. <laughs> Signed, James Ash, deceased. <laughs> would that give me the... Per- probably would. You know, I think you should try it. Because that probably would. They, they, I mean, they he doesn't would. know James Ash. He doesn't even know what his signature looked like. I know his... I, you know, he can print out Biochem Kenya Limited. Oh, yeah, box three. That's where he is. Watamu Kenya. Oh, it's from Africa. It must be real. And he wouldn't know. Give right. him a permit. Come on, man. It's just... But you know, you, you can't play that game because then you're breaking, the, rule, breaking right, the law. Right. And if they ever decide to come back and check, I don't know how they'd even find that out, but right. they'd bust you and, and confiscate all the animals and kill them. Oh, yeah, so definitely. You, you know, I'll borrow the damn healer monster, it's fine. Even better, I'll take a beaded lizard. Don't need one for that. It's twice the size, much much more poisonous. Yeah. But you don't need a permit for that one. <laughs> I don't know, figure it out. Yeah. So, any favorites that you work with? I do like cobras. Yeah. Um, one because they're very honest they stand and hold their ground and uh, two they scare the shit out of me and you know which is a, there's a, a great mutual respect there right I, I've seen a couple of guys get killed by cobras and that that'll put you on your heels right there and it's like hmm uh, are you scared now yeah <laughs> really scared and you know but they're a very honest animal and I, I must have caught probably 3,000 cobras, wow. spitters and otherwise, a lot of Egyptian cobras, banded cobras, spitting cobras, forest cobras, um, rinkals, mm. all the African stuff, Cape cobras, right. I, I don't know, you know, in the thousands, probably more than three, I don't know, mm-hmm. but you know, 90% the spitting cobras and you're hurling them off the road at night, you can't use a spitting cobra for a, for a pit, you know, so, <laughs> have a look over here to see if this is better, <laughs> yes, it's spitting cobra here. <laughs> You know, so they're they're a horrible exhibit animal. Right, you know, right. The Egyptian cobras are fabulous. I mean, I had I caught some seven, eight foot banded cobras, big, huge monsters. Wow. You know, I used to feed them actually. Put you know, because twenty one and invisible. You pick up the cobra by the mid body, mm-hmm. put his head in a bucket full of day old chicks. It was like firing a bazooka. You go, <laughs> and yeah. you see this lump come up. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> And they eat 15, 20 chicks a week. At, you know, one single oh, yeah, holding yeah, him by yeah. the body with his head in the bucket. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually pretty cool. But that would be awesome. You know, and then I had one called Charlie. He used to walk around with a cobra around my neck all the time. Wow. And then I broke the record in Zimbabwe. Someone in South Africa got a photograph of me. I put 30 bombslungs on my head in the morning to do the Medusa. So people walk in and say, "Good morning." They go, 
Jesus! <laughs> Are those venomous? Yes. <laughs> I'm 21 and invincible. Also, not the brightest kid you ever met. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the warmest line was sit on your head until it got too hot and stand in the sun. Right. Get too hot and they just crawl off into the trees, leave you alone. You know, at the last time I got stopped there, an American tourist walked through the door, took one look, threw up, passed out, and cracked a skull on the floor. And uh, she got taken off to the hospital with a cracked skull, a severe concussion, and vomiting all over the place. And, uh, and she wasn't even bit. No, she wasn't even bit. <laughs> and, uh, there was a lovely article in the newspaper that says, a uh, local snake man banned from holding, you know, putting bomb slangs on his head. <laughs> and it was also banned from kissing cobras because the South African policeman nearly hitchy shat his pants. <laughs> he came over the top and I said, look at this. And I kissed on the head and he went, Ach, no, man! And he ran out. He was a big rugby player. He just was terrified of snakes, you know. Uh, so uh, another little caption, you know, local snake, once again banned from kissing cobra, <laughs> and they thought this was really funny shit, you know, and it was kind of funny. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. You know, but I was 21 years old, and I thought this was normal. Right. I used to dance with like three or four cobras with bare feet. It's stupid stuff, you know. But you can because they're slow. Just don't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of steps do you take? Bloody great big ones, you know. But I mean, you do these things. You know, I luckily I got through it unscathed. Right. Um, I think if you know, looking back on it now, it's a, the boy was an idiot. Right. Because you know, I, mean, I mean, even Doctor Fry, who's you know one of the leading venomologists yeah. in in the world today yeah. that I know of, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I think his quote said something about you know fear when you open the door and stare and you're staring at eye level to a, a reptile that can kill you. Yes. <laughs> and he was talking about walking into a snake room, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, was trying to feed a cobra yeah. or something like yeah. that, and the snake just raised up right yeah. at him. Yeah. Me personally, I've only dealt with the um, rattlesnake species. I couldn't imagine trying to work with an animal that's 18 feet long and can stand as big as me. I, I, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's. I think I'd be like that policeman. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, but, but the one thing you do get is instant respect. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it, it's a real shocker. You think. Holy shit. Right. I made a mistake here. I didn't really want to be a snake man that bad. I want to be a cartoon. I want to cook. I'd like to sing. You know, anything but this right now. Like, this is a wrong job for me right now. Exactly. But, you know, it, it brings a certain amount of honesty to the job. Oh, yeah. And uh, you either deal with it or you say, you know, I think I'm in the wrong job. Right. And that's fair too. That, you know, that's, I, you know, the, the people say, ah, you're chicken shit. No, I think it's honesty, and I, there's no such thing as a chicken shit snake. No, I, I think they're smarter than the average person because they know what they're getting into. There's no surprise here. No, um, when the guy starts getting bitten, then we've gone past smart. We've gone to stupid all the time. Right. Because you know? uh, I remember when I was 21, I was stupid. I got away with it. Mm -hmm. My mates didn't. Right. Like I said they, and they weren't. They weren't dumb. They just got brave. Right. You know, to the point where I can, you know, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you're short. You all do. Until mm -hmm. something happens and it's, and it's the end, right? You know, and it's very serious. And I don't think we quite believe it until it actually goes wrong. You know? Yeah. There's been, <clears throat> you know, uh, a friend of mine and I used to handle uh, free handle, I should say, um, rattlesnakes. Yeah. And then you know, one day he went to the doctor uh, for a physical or something, you know, just normal stuff. And he just happened to ask the doctor. He's like, "So, doc, I got a question for you. You know, how much would it cost if I was to, you know, say I was handling, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's." Give you a hypothetical. I have a friend of mine. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and the doctor's like, oh, it was $15,000, but that's without complications. That's minimum. And, and that he, was then. And, yeah, and this was 
at least ten years ago. Yeah, it's up to I think now near a hundred thousand. You know, and he called me on his way driving home. You know, <laughs> so like, we are there. not hailing yeah. rattlesnakes yeah. anymore. This um, bearded bearded list yeah used to live in the bed with people. That's it. Is to lie and watch TV in the morning and the evening, holding this lizard crawling around. Yeah, it's probably a very nice lizard, but um, <clears> and you're why? doing that for what? Why take the risk? Take you, man. If you're so yeah, exactly. You know. But a you know, beaded lizard, you know, it's like you get bit in the willy. It looks like a little rat to me. <laughs> you get bit in that, it's like whoa, that's not a good thing, you know. Now what? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's simply amazing. So then these things are, I, I think it sorts the, the smart ones from the, from the dumb ones. And mm -hmm. The dumb ones keep going. <laughs> like, We're still here. <laughs> you know, but we, I think we just get smarter. I think we just get wiser in our old age. And I, like I said, I, I'm now 60. I've been doing it since I was 16. Mm. I've just been incredibly lucky. Right. And I haven't had one single venomous snake bite ever. Really? They've hit everywhere they hit my fingernail I had a puff out it hit me right in the tips of my fingernails click and I'm like that oh shit nothing two nice white grooves right down the nail never touched it had them hit my watch they hit my bracelet they've hit my buttons they hit my I had a cobra go through my long hair I had long hair I was a like, cool dude missed my ear and got stuck in my top pocket it was an eight foot Egyptian cobra got stuck I pulled it off tripped over a log this is in the pit I had four or five puff adders under my legs and hit the wall, and behind my back were three puff adders all lined up. Not one of them struck me, and I sat there for 15 minutes with this arsehole attached to my shirt. Eventually, the little bushman tracker came in, this guy called Brighton, he was about five foot nothing. Morning, sir! Get the motherfucker off me! Oh, you've got a problem! No! Not yet! And you know, he, got the, he grabbed the tongs and got the snake off me. Right. Then he had to pull all the snakes out from under my back. Right. And from there. And so there you have it. That was Joel Sylvester talking with us uh, here at Reptile Living Room. And unfortunately, as you can hear, <laughs> Joel's phone was ringing in the background there. So we uh, cut the interview there and let him get back to his work as need be. So, uh... Once again, we're brought to you by Marsh McGinnis, breeding the finest uh, captive African fat-tailed leopard geckos, uh, Colionyx, as well as the Nefera species. Uh, you can find her out there at GoldenGateGecko.com. And next week, um, looks like we're going to have Ryan Jarosik up on uh, Herp Chat. And then after that, I believe... Ah, uh, yes, we're going to have Julie Bergman uh, from Gecko Ranch talking to us about Felsuma species. So... Next week, tune in. Don't miss the show. Uh, if you do get a chance, leave some comments uh, over on the site as well as uh, on iTunes and give us a rating. Look forward to seeing you back here again. <laughs>